Hello, people, and welcome to The Rock Show, episode 47. We're live from the International. It is 2020. It is January 12. Something like that. <laughs> Happy New Year, motherfucker. Happy New Year, motherfucker. Um, and we're here at the International. International Bar. And we're talking about the great Dr. John and his first album, Greedy Greedy? Greedy. Greedy. Yeah. Dr. John passed away. Oh, yeah. A few months ago. Yeah, Dr. John did pass away. You know. And what a is pretty much is some voodoo magic. Well, it's like a little... Satchels that you make of stuff, right? Yeah, with roots. Yeah, with roots and stuff. Herbs and things like that. You know what it is? Once you make it, it works for you. It can help you get love. It can help you get money. Love, money, anything you want. There's a charm. It's like a charm. It's a charm. And then you also gotta give it whiskey. You gotta give it rum and smoke it once in a while. You gotta put it for a candle. A little shot. A little shot. You gotta put it. You gotta like when you first do it. You gotta put your energy in there. You gotta rub it good, break down all the herbs. Gotta make it with love. Gotta make it with love, and then that it's like you call the spirit, and you keep it in by you. So I have a few of them. Since I got some motherfuckers that can go fuck themselves. Since we're at international, let's do a little toast. Oh yeah, Sandy. 2020, bitches. 2020, motherfuckers. 20, 20, 20, 24 hours to go. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see what Gino wrote? Tell everybody put a post about the remote. Oh, right there. That is one. This is this is Grigri. Oh shit! What are you doing with this? Actually, when he got the when he got the I surgery, got on you. when she got when she got the surgery, surgery, she took the balls. Uh, listen, that's had, one of I the had balls. Surgery and my balls are better than ever. All right. I got this. Yeah, you got one. The other one is in that bag. My balls are always bouncing. My balls are always full. And everybody comes and comes again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started on this motherfucker. We are talking about who the hell are we talking about? Do- Do- Dr. John. Dr. John, the great musician from New Orleans. Yep. Okay, and he made an album, his debut album in 1968 called Bree Green. And this is part of a new format that me and Rob are doing here where we're going to be talking about the making of certain albums. Uh, on big bands We may not get into The history of the bands As much But we're going to talk about The making of certain albums Now I love this album Okay It's the first album From this guy That's right It's the debut album Debut album And what and, a fucking album It and, is and <laughs> Nobody knew what the fuck To do with this album When it came out But I got to give a little A little history Of yep. Dr. John So you can understand Okay His real name was uh, Well Mac- Mike Before you get that how were the record sales for this album? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. It's so shit. Okay. But it, it got popular. It got a cult status on FM radio. Uh, the hippies, college kids in the late 60s liked it. Uh, and over the years, it's become a big cult favorite. I mean, I think it was Rolling Stone put it at like 120 or 130 something greatest album of all time. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's up there. That's, that's up that's there. That's good. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Dr. John, we know him uh, as Dr. John, but he was born Mac Rebenbach. Okay? Yeah. 
Rebenak on November 20th, 1941 yeah. in New Orleans. Now, that's old New Orleans. Okay? And he was exposed to jazz musicians at a very young age by his father. Okay? His father was like a bit of a like, I, from what I understand he was uh, he was like a party animal kind of dude okay uh, Professor Longhair met the 13 year old Dr. John Mac Rebbenback okay uh, Professor Longhair was this piano playing songwriting New Orleans hero okay uh, you can look him up very interesting dude wrote some great many many great songs played with a lot of people uh at that point, Mac was playing guitar and piano, and he was working as a session player at a, as a teenager, okay? He would be like, bands would pick him up when he was in New Orleans, and he would play with them in different clubs at, at like 13, 14 years old. Wow. Yeah. Now, his father, New Orleans is a very, is a very Catholic place. It used to be. It's still, yeah. It still is. And also very mystical. Yes. And, uh... His parents put him in Catholic school. Now, he was in the Jesuit Catholic high school. And by age 18, he had signed up with Ace Records. Uh, he was releasing music with them. Uh, I mean, he was playing with different musicians on that label. Yeah. And he was playing with a lot of R&B guys like James Booker, Earl King, uh, Jimmy Clanton. And... The Jesuit priests at his school knew what he was up to and gave, basically gave him an ultimatum. Said, it's music or it's school. Well, he said, fuck you, and he went to the music. music, okay? Easily. Easily. Now, in 1960, when he was 19 years old, he was shot in his finger, okay? And it was his playing finger on his left hand in order to fret the guitar. He had a problem with that after that. And he concentrated after that on his piano play. And uh, basically, <laughs> he was up, he, you know, Dr. John was a great guy, but, you know, his early years, he was up to a lot of street stuff. He, uh, he had a bad heroin habit. Uh, he also uh, ran a brothel. <laughs> so he was a pimp. Okay. Uh, and he was selling dope out of the brothel and he got busted. Yeah. And after that, Dr. John, his favorite musician was a pimp. In the Hall of Fame. In the Hall of Fame. He was a pimp. Uh, selling heroin, he got busted. And he did uh, two years in the Fort Worth Federal Prison in Texas. Now, in 1965, he was released from prison, and he decided to go back to New Orleans. But what was happening at that time in the mid-60s is the politicians in New Orleans decided to clean the city up. Oh, yeah, and they, they, they closed all the, a lot of the clubs. Uh, it was a different place, and him and other session musicians were having problems finding work. Yes. So he said, fuck this shit, I'm going out to Los Angeles. And uh, it was one of the best things he ever did because when he got out there, he hooked up with what was called the Wrecking Crew. Uh, there's a great documentary on Netflix right now about the Wrecking Crew. You can check it out. They were session musicians that played with all these different people in the 60s. You, 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 a lot of songs you'll, you'll hear 
and the mu- the musical parts are played by these guys. Oh yeah. Glenn, Glenn Campbell was one of them. Wow. A lot of you know New Orleans guys ended up out there, and uh, Mac actually backed Sonny and Cher. <laughs> okay. And Sonny and Cher made a movie called Chastity. Yeah. Okay, which is named after their kid Chaz. Chastity. Okay. And, and Chad Bono. Chaz Bono. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, his real name is Chastity. And it's a good movie. I have it at home. I don't know if I ever played it for you, but I have it. Uh, he also played on two canned Heat albums. Wow. And he played on Frank Zappa's Freak Out album. Wow, I didn't know that. was that. in 1966, yeah. Uh, later on, he would go on to play with the Rolling Stones, uh, Exile on Main Street. He played on some keyboards on that, but early on, he was doing a lot of session work. Now, being from New Orleans, especially old New Orleans, uh, Mac had a lot of voodoo influence. All right? Definitely voodoo. And he had an idea where he was going to take this voodoo influence, particularly a legend about Dr. John. Okay? Dr. John is a character. It's a character. It's based on a, a, what's considered a real person. Okay? We get a little more locked up here. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Fuck. And he had this idea where he was going to take this legend of Dr. John. Now, let me tell you who Dr. John was. He was uh, from Haiti. Okay, originally from Senegal in Africa. Senegal. Through Haiti, after the Haitian Revolution, came to the United States in the New Orleans area. And he was a, he called himself a prince, okay, and he basically was a medicine man. He a lived out, man. Yes, he lived he out on the bayou, okay, Scott, how you doing, man? He lived out on the bayou, and he raised snakes, okay, he lived with snakes, he was a spiritual healer, alright, and he had human skulls and shit, you know, all over the fucking place. <laughs> right. And he used to sell Grigri's. Grigri's. Okay. A little Grigri. magic. And, and Grigri is, you know, a little satchel, I showed you, <laughs> of, of stuff. And there's a charm, and, you know, you. he sold that stuff, okay? So, Dr. John... But you know was what, a medicine man. You know what goes into a green green, right? But, so you gotta so what you, you gotta get uh, first you gotta get what color it's gonna be. If you get one for love it's red. You can get one green is for money. And what you do you put a bunch of uh, herbs, spices, all these things, you crush it. And you put it in, but you gotta have a candle, a white candle. It also comes with green. And you also gotta have water. Now, water always See, but your background is like more of a Santeria. Yeah, but I understand. And her background is, you know, Haitian voodoo. But we know how to do it. It's very similar. We know how to, yeah, we know how to do green So when you do this green you like cut it. It's like you're making a saw, a body. It got all the organs, all the herbs and spices, and all that thing is the organ. You need certain things. Then you put it in there, right? Yeah. And you spray with, you spread the herb with cigar, 
and rum. You do that to each one, and then you pray on it, and you pray on each herb. You know, you do a day and make it work for me, do this, that, and then you put it in this thing. It's, it's, it's amazing. And then you need a rope, and you gotta tie like the clothes three times, rub it, rub it, and then you make like three, seven knots. And then you gotta leave it, you gotta spray it again with rum, smoke from a cigar. And the water. Put a shot of and rum then, in it. And, and, and then you gotta feed it some oil also. You oh. give it some oil so because it needs to eat right away because it's hungry. It's a brand new. And then you leave it in front of the candles for 24 hours. And then it's a living, living it's a living spirit. It's a living spirit. Yep. Okay. That's a very simple one. Yeah. Mac Rebbenbach, okay, he had a friend named Ronnie Barrett. And. He was going to give him the role of this Dr. John. Mac was thinking about a stage show. Yeah. He was thinking about a stage show with Dr. John and he would do the music. Okay. But what happened is Ronnie backed out of the project. Okay. And Dr. John, well, Mac back then said, I will take on the role of Dr. John. I'll be, I'll oh, take yeah. on that character. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. The screaming Jake. Hulk get a lot of inference for Dr. John? You know, that's a good question. I, I you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I've never I've never heard that Dr. John say I was influenced by Screaming Jay. But, but he very, had to be very influenced. He had, he had, he had to be. Uh, Screaming Jay was older. Yeah. Okay, he had to be, he had to know about Screaming Jay's R&B music coming through New Orleans. Had to be. Yeah. Had to be. Imagine if Bill Walton. There used to be something called the Chitlin Circuit. Okay. The Chitlin Circuit back in the South. Yeah. All the black, all the black musicians knew each other. Yeah. And it had to be, I mean, Screaming Jay, we did that show on Screaming Jay. He did the Chitlin Circuit and he had to have come to New Orleans. Oh yeah. And play, and, and maybe he. Play, I don't know if he played with Dr. John. And, you know, Dr. John was a sessions, but he knew who he was. Imagine Lord Swans, Screaming Jay Hawkins, and Dr. John. Up. That'd be fucked up. That could be a Halloween thing. That could be a Halloween <laughs> show. <man>. But <laughs> what had happened is Ronnie uh, Barrett backed out of the project for I don't know why, but he did. And Max said, "Okay, I'll take over." as the Dr. John character and he came to uh, there was an arranger uh, named Harold Battisti okay and he had this idea he was going to produce this album with him and it would be like an R&B voodoo psychedelic album oh sounds good man I mean it's perfect it's yeah, beautiful yeah and but different Never, never done before. Okay, no, nothing like yeah. that. At, Atlantic Records, uh, which would be uh, not Atlantic, sorry, Echo Records, which was a subdivision of A and M Records, uh, would put this album out. And Dr. John was working with the uh, Atlantic Records president Ahmed Erdogan. And he put this out, but he was also a Sessions guy, and, and Ahmed knew who he was, and when the album came out, he kind of did it on the sly, yeah. like he did this album like with, you know, other people's 
Sonny and Cher had reserved hours and they didn't take it, so he took their hours. Oh, so he did, it, he did it like on the sneak. Okay. If you want to do something, that's the way to do exactly. it. Exactly. Now, Ahmed Erdogan of Atlantic Records one day realized he's got this album and he shows up to where Dr. John is in the studio and he's like, what am I going to fucking do with this boogaloo shit? <laughs> Alright, you're giving me this album. Okay, I want to tell you, the musicians on the album, it's amazing, okay? You got Dr. John on vocals, keyboards, and percussion. Dr. Battisti, everybody was called Doctor. Yeah. Okay, sometimes they were called Governor, they were called different things like Sebastian Governor, okay? Right? Dr. Battisti was on bass. Okay, clarinet, percussion, and he did all the arrangements. Richard, also known as Dr. Dittmus, Washington, was on percussion. He had a senator, Bob West, okay, on bass. Dr. John Boudreau on drums. Governor, Governor uh, Plaz Johnson on saxophone. Dr. Lonnie Boulder on flute. Dr. Steve Mann on bottleneck guitar and banjo. Dr. McLean on guitar and mandolin. That's a lot of Mo, Mo Dito Pedito on congas. <laughs> Dave Dixon and Jesse Hill. Ronnie Barron, okay, on backing vocals and percussion. Joni Johns and Prince Ella Johnson. Shirley Goodman, Sonny Ray Durden. Tanny Lynn on backing vocals. Harold Battisti was the producer. That's a hell of a lot of people. <laughs> now, I want to read from you. A lot of read. This, Dr. John wrote a book right here, motherfuckers. I'm going to get it. Okay? You go do that. Okay? You need another shot? No, I'm good. I got a little bit left of this. All right. This Dr. John autobiography came out a while back. I want to read, like, two pages from it. Because it really talks about this first album and, and what happened. In 1962, after a couple of years of studio and other kinds of side tripping in L.A., this is Dr. John's works. Me and my New Orleans partners in exile finally fell into a situation where we could cut an LP on an idea I'd had on since I left New Orleans. I had always thought we could work up an interesting New Orleans-based concept behind the persona of the legendary conjure man, Dr. John. This would not only allow for a dash of Grigri in the lyrics and a view of an untapped side of New Orleans, but would also let us musicians get into a stretched out New Orleans group. With the help of Harold Battisti, who would produce the album, we recorded at Cold Star Studios. Between sessions, Sonny and Cher were doing their Atlantic records. The album we created called Grigri was heavy on rhythm, percussion, and guitar, and light on keyboards. I did play some organ, as on the songs Mama Ru and Dance Kalinda, but stuck mostly to guitar. Steve Mann and Ernest McLean also played guitar on the session. On some songs, 
we used two basses. Harold Battisti and Bob West played bass. And our percussionist, Didymus, also doubled up on a bunch more instruments with the rest of, our, of, of rest of us cats. We were looking for an unusual textured sound, and the cats nailed it. Naturally, we wanted the album to sell, but we weren't into bending our music to fit somebody else what the market was about. First and foremost, we were into it for the music. The attitude isn't often appreciated by record companies. To give you, for instance, that one point later on, I was doing a session for Bobby Darren when Ahmed Erdogan walked into the studio looking for me. He was pissed off, wanting to know what this Grigri album was all about. <laughs> he was walking around the studio yelling at me, Why do you give me this shit? How come? How can we market this boogaloo crap? He was stuck with a record that was done on the slide, and he was acting as if he wouldn't release it. But he was of the mind that a hip record might sell if it was pitched the right way. The way he, way we was looking at music making was that it was circular in its groove, with no corners. That was what the old-time hipsters had meant by hip. Something that hadn't been squared off to fit into some kind of computerized, marketized nightmare. In any event, Ahmed must have sensed something happening. We made five more albums for Atlantic before the deal fell through. Our theme song of that time, the first cut on the album was Gree Gree Gumbo Ya Ya. It framed a mental picture of an imaginary New Orleans and put our main character, Dr. John, out front and center. That's from his autobiography. That's fantastic. It is. It is. Okay. Now, I want to talk about some of the tracks on there. So this album was about 33 minutes long, and the, the two longest songs are the first song and the last song. Right. And it was only seven songs. Only seven songs. But these songs will haunt you for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> now, Gumbo Yaya is amazing. Yeah, okay. he goes to some trains. Now, the track for me, though, is the last track, which is called I Walk on Guilt and Splinters. That's a great track. All right, now... He talks Creole. What, what, right. Now, most of the album, he talks Creole. My beautiful wife here speaks Creole. Do okay. you speak that? What the hell was he talking about? Uh, that's Creole. You don't yeah. even know, right? You know, yeah. That's it's different like, Creole. Yeah. Is that black like, like, He was talking tongue. What, yeah. Now, was he possessed when he yes, did that? He definitely was possessed because he definitely went absolutely. to a trance. Well, right, I, I right, felt it. Right, right, right. Now, I remember when, I, when we, me and you went down to New Orleans in 2012. And, yeah, it's been seven years already. Yeah, almost eight years. Yeah, we got to get down there again. Okay. Uh, and I, I played for you this album, and I remember. You were listening to it, and you were going, I know these songs. I know this chanting that he's saying. Because you remember back in Haiti, they were, they were, they were doing this. When we were yeah. having service over my father's cousin's house, and it was called Akaya. And they use, uh, when the spirit's coming, and then they used to sing that, those songs. And then that's to invite the spirits to come. And every spirit has their own lyrics. Remember in, in, in I Walk on Gilded Splinters when 
that lyric was like, you know, did I murder? Did I murder? And you were like, I, this is like part of a, yeah, this was part of something that you do. So the, the Creole was a little different from what she was used to. But the song were the same. But the songs were the same, exactly. Yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, the first song is called Gree Gree Gumbo Yaya. Okay. That's a great time. Uh, now, who, who doesn't love gumbo? I love gumbo, Dan. Gumbo, oh, gu yes. fuck, man. Gumbo is delicious. Gumbo is the best food you can eat. I'm sorry. You know, and... and I wonder if they have vegan gumbo. You know, yeah, I don't eat meat anymore, and which would, might be a problem with gumbo, but I would cheat with that. Sandy, Sandy can make a gumbo that you think you have meat in it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would cheat on that shit. <laughs> I, let me tell you, gumbo's delicious, man. I had some damn some good gumbo, man, and it's nothing like gumbo. Now, wait now, you you have never actually been to New Orleans, right? No, I need to okay, go. You need to go. All right. I'll take it when we go. I'll take you down to Checkpoint Charlie. When you went to the back, in the back of the bar, you can do your laundry. Oh, yeah, I'm also need to uh, take my next level of spirituality to the next um, next level. It, it's a spiritual. Place. I need to open my third eye and do some real blue yep. magic. Third eye. Yep. Definitely. Definitely. I'll turn some motherfucker into a frog. It's we should all go down there. The next time I get a bad tipper, frog. Frog. <laughs> ribbit. Ribbit. This shit don't come out like that. If you have a bad tipper, if you are angry, it will not come out. <laughs> now, Dr. John went on to an illustrious career of, of uh, his own music. By the early 70s, he had that big hit, you know, must have been the right place, must have been the wrong time, you know, that, that whole big thing. And But... I mean, he went on to make some great, great music. He played with the Stones on Exile on Main Street. He, he had his own stuff. Uh, look him up on YouTube. Uh, there's some great interviews with him. Oh, yeah. Uh, the guy was a character. I kind of enjoyed the second song. Which one? The second song in the that album. Dance Kalinda? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Baboom. Now, let me ask you, Sandy, okay? Dance, it's spelled D-A-N-S-E. Kalinda. Does that mean anything? No. Is this a different way of spelling it? Yeah. Okay. And Mama Roo? Mama Roo. Mama Roo. Mama Roo is the third song. And, you know, a Roo is the the base of every New Orleans gumbo. Yeah. Okay. You know, you can take, I've made it, you take like oil and peanut butter and you mix that shit up, okay? And you, and flour, and you, you, you get, you know, and you get into that shit. You get the roux! Yeah. Mama roux, okay? Uh, the fourth song was called Dance Flambeau. Dance. Dance. But the D A N S C does that mean dance? Yeah, that's dance. In what? In French? In French. In dance. French. Dance. Yeah, dance. Dance. I like to dance. Like right now, I'm dancing. Yeah. I don't know nothing about French. Molly. Okay. Unless it's a white flag. You know, they know a lot about. <laughs> wow, you went there. I went there, motherfuckers. <laughs> 
So you mean it's like the duck talking to the chicken then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Quack, quack. Quack, quack. Peachy, peachy. <laughs> so yeah, Dr. John was quite a character. But I, I, when, I, when I started listening to the album, I was very impressed. And you know what? It's an album that scared people also. And it's it a came, scary album. And imagine, it came in 1968. Yeah. Wow. And, um, not too many records, sir, but then later on, later on, it got like one of these it, cult it, followings. It, it became a cult following. I think it's his best work. It is his best uh, work. You know, he made an album called Babylon after that, a couple others. Uh, you know, I had tickets for Dr. John in Brooklyn back in, God, what was that, 2013 maybe oh, wow. or something? But... He had heart trouble and they canceled the shows. I got my money back. And that was the end. He, he never performed question. again. Now that this album been out for so many years, has, it's, it's kind of a success story then. It's a what? It's a, it's, it's, it was successful then. It's a success, a success story. But they had to make the money back after years of being out. I mean, I don't think it's gold or platinum or anything Oh, no, like but that, I think but, it, but it, made, it, it made money. All right, bro. You tell me this album has to make gold or... Like, no, I don't think so. Why did you a million album? You think it only sold like a few hundred thousand? A few hundred thousand, maybe. You know, I, I think everybody should buy it. It's an interesting album. Uh, Dr. John is an interesting cat. Uh, sad, sadly, he's gone now. Uh, you know, he died about... I think he was 79 yeah. when he died. Yeah, he lived a long life. You know, uh, but, you know, everybody I like is dead. That's the fucking problem. All my friends are dead. All my friends are dead. <laughs> All my friends are dead. <laughs> and in Look that up. note, remember, people, Happy New Year yeah. to you on Grateful Bastards. We'll see you soon. And, and remember, don't, don't get, get drunk, drunk, get locked up. Cheers. Exactly. Fuck you all. As long as you don't get a little bit of 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 a little b